Hashtag Wanderlust with Tim Go only on Money FM 89.3. Traveling in the time of the coronavirus outbreak is not easy. Well, we've been hearing a lot and reading a lot about countries abandoning their citizens overseas or not helping in their times of need in the height of the coronavirus outbreak and subsequent border closures. But this was not what I experienced at all. If you recall, I left Singapore for a spring holiday in early March, just as it looked like the COVID-19 outbreak was finally being under control at least here in this part of the world anyway. I flew to Uzbekistan via Bangkok, and uncertainty started popping out the night before my flight when Bangkok imposed and then withdrew more stringent travel requirements. Bangkok to Tashkent flight went smoothly. Uzbekistan deployed temperature checks to uh, checkers rather to board the aircraft to randomly check for temperature. After that, I managed to clear immigration with no questions asked about travel history at all. A week later, I decided to cross the border to Kazakhstan. Kazakh officers asked about travel history, and when they heard Singapore, I was subjected to further questioning about my travel history. Uh, that went on smoothly as well, and I made my way to the city. It was pretty much the same procedure on the way back. Uh, from Kazakhstan and back into Uzbekistan as well. This time, immigration agents were taking down contact details just for the record. That's all understandable, of course. My travel was on schedule. I moved from city to city with no hassle. Though people talked about the coronavirus in Uzbekistan with curiosity, no one was really alarmed. No one was wearing masks. Everyone looking forward to Nowruz. That's the uh, New Year festival, the spring festival, the following weekend. Now, it is uh, the biggest holiday in Uzbekistan and around the Central Asia region, of course, with plenty of cultural festivities planned for that weekend. Then I got an email from Uzbekistan Airways saying that my return flight to Bangkok has been canceled. However... There are flights departing before Nauru's and a week after that that we can take. So I opted to stay on longer and take the later flight instead. The next morning, Uzbekistan announced its first case of COVID-19 and promptly closed the country from all foreign flights. It closed all borders, uh, land borders as well. And just like that, I cannot fly out to anywhere. Well, being me, I decided to just go on with my schedule. After all, it was just a few more days to Nauru's and festivities would be the highlight of my third trip to Uzbekistan. But just as I thought of the pomp and pageantry of the festival, the government ordered all festivities canceled, all big gatherings postponed, and eventually all tourist and historical attractions were ordered to be closed. That means no museums, no madrasas, nothing. On the same day, the government took control of the trains and sent people back to their hometowns and canceled all other train services. So we scrambled to hire a car and a driver to get to Kiva, where fortunately enough, I know many people there that I can rely on during the eventual lockdown. At the same time, I checked Global Affairs Canada for what to do next. But, well, the website pretty much said that since it was my decision to travel at this time, I would be responsible for my own safety. I left it at that, didn't, didn't reach out to them at all. 
My friend, though, a Singaporean registered with Singapore's foreign ministry, foreign affairs ministry of Singapore promptly, just sent an email. Even though there is no Singapore embassy in Tashkent, Uzbekistan's foreign affairs ministry quickly assigned an agent to keep in contact with us daily about what is happening. Now, keep in mind, my friend didn't ask for any assistance. He just sort of told uh, Singapore's foreign affairs ministry that, well, he's a Singaporean and he's still in Uzbekistan. That's all. Well, uh, Uzbekistan's foreign affairs agent um, told us that we can stay for as long as we want and visas will be extended as long as border closures are in place. And at the same time, we will be informed daily about our options. If there are any flights out of Uzbekistan, for example, we will be given those options. I, it was all fine. Uh, I was among people who treated me like family in Uzbekistan, and I was fine to stay there for as long as I want. Now, a call came in from the foreign ministry agent to tell us that Uzbekistan will be mounting flights to Kuala Lumpur and to Indonesia eventually. And should we want to leave, we can choose one of those flights to take us closer to Singapore faster. Well, Kuala Lumpur came to mind, of course, but we anticipated, (laughs) rightfully so, that the borders will be closed eventually. So it was good that we didn't choose that one. We stayed on longer and took a chance on Jakarta, knowing that Indonesia is so big, any border closing announcements there would take at least a week to implement. Confusion and miscommunication ruled the day on the night of our scheduled flight. So we finally were told there is a flight to Jakarta. It was going to happen on a Monday, so we have to get back to the capital uh, as soon as we can. So we did go back on the last flight, last domestic flight, uh, to Tashkent the morning before the flight to Jakarta. Yeah, cutting it really close, I know, but I will tell you all about the adventure coming up after I catch a breath and take a break. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Getting you going on Money FM 89.3. Hashtag Wanderlust with Tim Go only on Money FM 89.3. So it may seem like countries have forgotten their citizens stuck overseas during COVID 19 border closures, but this is not the case at all, as I was telling you. You may not hear back from your embassy, but they are really doing a lot of back-channel work with governments and airlines trying to secure a charter flight flight to bring citizens back to each other's home countries. And it it is more complicated than than what we may think it is, because one charter flight might have to stop in several different cities to pick up citizens. So that's what is happening behind the scenes. So I was traveling around Uzbekistan when borders started closing and our options of getting out quickly diminishing. But the efforts of Uzbekistan's foreign ministry working with Singapore, Indonesia and Malaysia resulted in positive outcomes for me. So there I was with a seat on a flight, an Uzbekistan Airways flight that Indonesia and Uzbekistan chartered for uh, their citizens to be repatriated, uh, Indonesians. There were a lot of Indonesian uh, university students on a, a tour of Uzbekistan, an architectural tour of Uzbekistan, and they had to go back, of course. And there are Uzbek citizens in Indonesia also wanting to go back. So now keep in mind that I am not a citizen of any of these countries. I am merely hitching a ride back to Jakarta and hopefully to Singapore, where I live. 
Now, we got to the airport relatively early on the night of our already delayed flight. I was first to check in, and that's where the glitch started. Uh, Check-in agents nicely informed us that Indonesia just announced that all foreigners arriving and transiting required a medical health declaration. It was already evening on a Sunday, and clinics are closed. And it was now Ruse holiday as well, so it's kind of like a long weekend there. Uh, So I was like, okay. What am I going to do? I called up my Airbnb and said I might be going back to stay there for the night. And then I called up people I know in Kiva to tell them that, hey, get ready. I might have to stay with you guys for a longer period. Anyway, guess what? The Uzbek Foreign Ministry stepped in and ordered a clinic, an international clinic, to open up so that doctor, the doctor there can examine us and sign off that we are symptom-free. That was about two hours before our scheduled 10.30 p.m. departure. Some were worried that we won't make it back in time, but Uzbekistan Airways ground staff assured us that while they have no authority to delay the flight, they can keep check-in counters open until we come back. Uh, So we ran for taxis to take us to the clinic. There was about 10 of us as well, most of them from Australia. Uh, So it took about an hour to finish examinations and to issue documents that cost us 80 U.S. dollars each. But it's okay. Throughout this whole ordeal, Uzbekistan airline staff were calling me up, checking up on us and the progress of our health screening, which was really nice of them. Until finally... A sigh of relief. I got a call informing us that the Uzbek foreign minister himself, the minister, that's right, ordered the flight delayed to midnight just so that all of us can get our health certificates and board that flight. So we calmly made our way back to the airport, checked in and had enough time to relax before the smooth flight back. Fast forward to today. I'm here. I've already served my 14-day stay-home notice. I am symptom-free, and I really have to thank Uzbek and Singapore Foreign Ministries uh, for making these arrangements and staying in constant contact with us. I think that's the key thing, that they were in contact with us every single day, telling us the options we have, the time frame, and it's reassuring uh, to know that there, that that somebody somewhere out there is trying to uh, uh, organize a charter flight back. And I'm not even a citizen of Singapore. I'm just a permanent resident of Singapore. And here I am, safely home and on air, thanks to the efforts of foreign ministries and airlines doing their best to bring citizens back home. And if you know somebody who is stuck somewhere, um, well, just rest assured that your governments are doing everything they can to bring you back home safe. Download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.